always on the brink, about to fly or sink. A minion with opinions told me that I shouldn't think so hard. That shit just made me think so hard I couldn't sleep a wink. Watch my red flags with my white flags and now all my laundry's pink. I'm petty at best, someone to pity at worst. Putty and beautiful hands, potty mouth ready to curse. Curse to be curious if all this is a scam. And I had a brutal narcissist to check if that's what I am. But other than that. I don't know good games in no conversation Episode 100, 100, um, um, this is Easy Easy Meaned, episode 100, normal, I was gonna go with 100, 100, but that was like, nah. That's a weird one. I go with normal. Also, last episode, episode 99, I forgot to end it with the ramp, ramp down, the, uh, the the normal ending. I didn't say the name of the podcast at the end, and I can't remember what the name is right now, but I know I did not say it for episode 99. This is your host, Lord Byron, also known as Byron Broussard, a.k.a. Black Rocker on Twitter, also known as Lord Black Rocker on Instagram. I'm not just me.com is the website. I'm not just me.com. No punctuations except for the, the dot com. But other than that, I got no complaints and no conversation. But other than that, we got the Alistair Crawley Toth deck here. We're gonna shuffle it and say hello. Alistair Crawley Toth deck, how would you like to say hello? We flip an inward adjustment, the trump card, number eight. Adjustment. It's pretty cool. It's very blue. It's got the Libra scale thing going on. Trump card adjustment. How the Toth deck wanted to say hello. 
We've got like four tweets. Um, I'll just rattle them off right quick. We're not going to go in order. We're going to do the tweets then the stand-up. And that'll be almost it. I'll talk about a book a little bit. The first chapters of a book. First tweet is on January 8th. And then it's six days ago after that. January 16th, so six days ago is the 10th. But other than that, I'm watching a video on Twitter right now. It says, Jumping the Shark, Wild Charles show. He's in a boat and he's about to jump in with uh, some sharks and a GoPro. The sharks look real happy to see him. Now he's in the water. Sharks are circling. Okay, it ended. It ended a while. <clears throat> that was very bland, but also very intriguing. Here we go. I'm on the desktop version of Twitter. And we have dates all the way through. Alright, January 8th. We have Check Out My Latest Podcast on Podbean, episode 99. Then January 9th, we have Check Out My Latest Podcast on Podbean, episode 99. That's because two hours uploaded the first time, then three hours uploaded. Yeah. We have an Instagram picture, Tonic. Instagram picture, Gower. Instagram picture, literally, I like the video, feels alright, Watsky, Instagram picture, Graph, Instagram picture, Salute, Instagram picture, Linguist, Instagram picture, Looming, those are the tweets, but other than that, I got no complaints and no conversation, other than that, I got no complaints. We have six voice recordings. This is going to take a little over 30 minutes to get through all of them. Most of them are three minutes long. What's 30 divided by six? Is it close to five? Is it exactly five? I think it's exactly five. So let's pretend like each one of these sets is five minutes.
even though the majority of the sets are over five minutes. This will take over 30 minutes. Put them out here. I don't need that chin hair. But other than that, oh wait, we can flip a card about the tweets. That's something. Tweets. We flip an inward cruelty. Nine of swords. Intellect is the sword, the wind, the nine of swords, cruelty, intellectual cruelty. I got no complaints and no conversation. It's about to get loud. Wait for adjustments. That's why I alienate my audience, you know, I'm just talking to myself, trying to find me, 
I jumped from bit to bit, and now I'm like, oh, you guys ever ask yourself a question? And then you get the answer, and you analyze the answer, you don't just accept that answer. You like, look at it from every direction, you know? You take the answer, you flip it upside down, you spin it on its head, you see the rotation of the answer. The rotation of the answer opens the secret cave, you root around in the cave, you find the treasure, and the treasure is just the answer itself, you know? Like, yes, I'll have cheese with that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the yes, I'll have cheese with that should come with an explanation of everything I had to go through to get that answer. Usually it doesn't. Today it has. <laughs> everything comes to a point and shit. Uh, a point being, this is an open mic show. We got a bunch of amazing comedians lined up. I say a bunch, I mean like five. They're all gonna do some amazing material. First up, we have a comic. Oh, uh, is that a, this isn't a warmed up crowd laugh. I feel like I, I'm, I'm in my head when I hear shit. Uh, you guys need like a cool joke. I, I've got like cool jokes, but I feel like I've talked a lot about nothing. <laughs> you guys I love kettle chips. Kettle chips are my shit. I don't know if you guys know about kettle chips. They're like a little known chip secret in the community. You know, everybody knows about original, but the kettle's only shit. Uh, I was eating a bag of kettle chips while driving, and kettle chips are a two-hand job, you guys. Driving also a two-hand job. I was doing both. I love kettle chips. Uh, I was looking at the bag, I was like, how do they make these? What is the magic involved in these kettle chips? And I looked at the bag and there was no picture of a kettle on the entire bag. I got upset, you know, like, why aren't they showing me pictures? Like, what? I feel, I, maybe I was spoiled by how it's made, maybe. I just really, I know that cool machines are making our food and I want to see them, you know? I feel like every package of food should come with a picture of the machine that made it. Yeah, all the conveyor belts and whistles, it'll be tight, way cooler than barcodes. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's might take a hit, though. Uh, their picture would probably be the machine that stabs cows in the back of the head, you know. Not very appetizing. Change your systems, you know. Shame. That was a, an actual joke that I read a long time ago. Now I brought the energy back down. So I like to see the bees work for, you know? They're great already. They're already great. They know what they're doing. You guys, first up, we got a comedian out of what city are you stationed in? Covington. Covington. Out of Covington. He came all this way to perform for you guys. Please give it up for Daryl Rolo. That was me hosting by Redux. The host set. Who almost deleted the wrong recording? That was January 8th.
January 9th we have a different recording Scarlet Toad, what do you think about that set? We flip an outward failure, number seven of discs. Failure on the physical plane, the earthly disc plane, body failure. Thank you. 
like, you can see it now, and God, you read it for yourself. And I'm like, nah, man, it's just a book. So he has to make a television show. He makes the TV show Game of Thrones. His friends watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> His friends are like, holy shit, best show on television. It's like, yeah, you can see it now. You've watched it. You've seen the dragons. Westeros. I'm God. His friends are like, nah, man, it's just a TV show. <laughs> He's like, you know how many souls had a skill to make that television show? <laughs> All those frames, all those extras. How much soul do you want to lose? You know? <laughs> oh, you guys have had a lot of fun up here. I'm Byron Pierce, so I give it up for your host, Dante Hale. That was Lucky's. I've got a friend request. From a... Oh. Twenty-one mutual friends. Uh-oh. Here we go. That was January 9th. Lucky's. Hosted by Dante. Hey. Wednesday night. Did I say Tuesday night? Wednesday night at Lucky's. Dante. January 9th. We're going to flip a card. That set definitely was not failure. That was a fun set. But let us check in with our old friend, the Alistair Crowley Toth deck. Alistair Crowley Toth deck, what did you think about that set? We flip an inward fortune trump card number 10. Fortune. Next up, we have January 9th once again.
famous, but this guy's really into mythology. And that's hard, you know? Because I want to be all of them now. What if there was a person in ISIS who was like, I, I like ISIS, also I like the Egyptian god ISIS. A set from Buddha Belly. 
January 9th, deleted Wednesday at Buddha Belly, hosted usually by Yorgo, that day hosted by Garrett Cousineau. It was a good, relaxing time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scarlet Toltec, what did you think about that set? We flip an outward the Emperor, another trump card, this time number four. Number four, the Emperor, it's a reddish oranges card, orangish card. Pretty cool, pretty cool, the Emperor. <laughs> Next set, we got uh, six minutes. The last set was also six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, so we have those from, uh, uh, that one, that one was, uh, Howlin' Wolf Den, hosted by Red Bean. Next we have January 13th, three minute set. Then we got January 14th with a three minute set. Closing it out quickly. Atmosphere, steel guitar, feedback loop.
that was, of course, We All Know, Hi-Ho, hosted by Duncan Pace. January 13th, January 14th, probably the Monday, we go to 12 Mile Limit, hosted this time by Laura Sanders. Something, uh, 
I enjoyed my time with you guys. Thank you. That was the last set, 12 mile limit. Bear with me, my hostess. That night by Laura Sanders. Usually accompanied by Kate Mason. I don't think we flipped a card on the previous stand-up. Uh, so, Alice Crowley Toad's deck, what did you think about Hi-Ho set? We flip an outward Ace of Wands. Wands, the One of Wands. Wands of the Fire, Creative Energy. Pretty cool. We shuffle again. Oh no, we're dropping cards. Kicking ass and dropping cards. That's my calling card. When I call cards, I kick ass when I call cards. Dropping cards. Calling, dropping, kicking. Cards, all of the above. Alistair Curly Toad the Deck, what did you think about that set? We get an outward, The Hanged Man. The last set was The Hanged Man, 12 mile. Number 12, that's cool. 12 mile limit, number 12, The Hanged Man, trump card. Very nice. Uh, this is Jet. episode. The episode is over. We can kick back and put our regular voice back on. My phone is free of voice recordings. This is episode 100. We're going to do Spiritual Warfare Tarot Card Battle. If you don't know what Spiritual Warfare Tarot Card Battle is, that's where you get yourself a tarot deck and you battle me for my soul. There you go. You can win yourself some soul right here. When you tweeted, you mean that episode 100 normal, you know, just in case we forget it later. Spiritual warfare, um, you shuffle your deck, you flip a card, it's much like the game battle where you play with a classic deck of cards. Whoever's card is the highest, you know, or whoever's card has more meaning, you know. Or, if you think you win, then you win. Yeah, that's right. That's the real rules. If you think you win, then you do win. So, maybe convince yourself that your card beats mine. And I will convince you otherwise. That is the game. Spiritual Warfare, Tarot Card Battle. Here we go. We're going to shuffle, we'll shuffle a deck. Shuffle, we'll shuffle. One, two, three, flip. I flip Valor. Number seven of wands, a creative valor. Hmm, what can I do with the creative valor? One of these uh, withhold it jobs. I'll withhold the creative valor from you until you surrender. Said soul. There we go. We're gonna shuffle again. One, two, 
three flip. I flip number five of wands. Strife. Strife. Creative strife. What we could do with this is I can hold that over your head and you'd have creative strife until you gave me that soul. Yeah. We're gonna shuffle again. This is the last round. Three rounds. Spiritual warfare. Tarot card battle. Shuffling. One, two, three. Flip. I flip the Empress. A trump card. Number three. The Empress. She looks like she's dealing with a lot. With the Emperor's, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, this looks like a Nomu. Oh, that's pretty cool. So the Nomu, what would the Nomu do? With the Empress, I'd fuck with your genetics until you gave me your soul. There we go, that took forever. Sometimes it does. That has been Spiritual Warfare. You tweeted, you mean that this is episode 100 normal. I'm your host, Byron Broussard, also known as Black Rocker on Twitter, Lord Black Rocker on Instagram. I'm not just me.com is the website. Hit it up for random shit. Uh, including everything that I put out. My content, you can find my content on I'm not just me.com. Is there anything else? Oh, the book. The Nomu. I just mentioned the Nomu. Master Mistress of Speech. The Dogon religion reveals the genetic creation of humans by alien fish-like beings known as Nomu. Oh shit, we got a lot of new YouTube videos. Here we go, I'm gonna X out these things. Anyway. I guess I could just go through this little uh, analogy, what's it called, the summary of the book. I am going to go through the summary of the book very methodically. What time is it? 6.30? We got time. The Dogon spoke of ancient alien water beings known as Nomu who came from the stars. According to the Dogon, these immortal and amphibious beings were responsible for human creation through genetic engineering. The Dogon referred to a failed biological experiment that caused humans to lose their immortality. This failed experiment resulted in the creation of male beings known as a jackal, who considered the first mortal human. He was responsible for the devastation on Earth that resulted in the Nomu leaving the Earth and hating, 
heading to the Pleiadian star system. It wasn't until many years later that the eight Numal ancestors returned to the Earth from the Pleiades to help those humans who have survived the initial fiery devastation called by caused by the jackal. Then in the Dogon mythology, it was the DNA of the Mistress of Speech, also known as the Seventh Ancestor, that was supposed to provide hope for humanity and correct the mistakes made from the first biological experiment. Doherty's research reveals that this androgynous pagan savior was eventually transformed by a pa patriarchal patri patriarchal <laughs> The savior was eventually transformed by patriarchal cultures into various male saviors, including the Christ figure of Christianity. Doherty's careful analysis of this mythology indicates this figure was an androgynous being who was identified with the sacred feminine, which is why Doherty refers to her as the mistress of speech. In the master mistress of speech, Doherty associates the Dogon religion with paganism, Christianity, Judaism, and the Greek and Egyptian mythologies. Her research reveals a connection to the zodiac and refers to the destruction of Earth as told in Plato's Tamus, Tamus, relating to Atlantis. She refers to the human unconscious and, the, and our relationship to time and immortality. The information presented in the Master of Spe Mistress, the Master Mistress of Speech, will be disturbing for some individuals. The facts, however, speak for themselves. This is a must-read for anyone wanting to con for anyone wanting to come to terms with the truth about the beginning of human existence, buy a copy of The Master Mistress of Speech. So I'm on like chapter four of this book, The Mistress of Speech. The Mistress of Speech. I feel like I said so much just now. That can all be found on www.themasterofspeech.com or Shannon Doherty's website, which is known as themasterofspeech.com. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Shannon Doherty is, or Dory, Shannon Dory is the, uh, the person I'm supposed to be like studying or whatever. I'm on like chapter five, I said four earlier of the book, and it's going well. Uh, so far we got into the DNA, we got into the word, the first word, the second word, the third word. Or, oh, this looks like a good picture I should share. There are no secrets in life, just hidden truths that lie beneath the surface. I like that one. Very cool. The Occult University Library. What else do they got to share? The world will ask you who you are, and if you don't know, the world will tell you. What you don't know. There's a cool old map that shows, uh, it says, art print of a beautiful 1689 old world map, classic vintage esoteric art, canvas or photo poster. It's a pretty cool 
uh, map. It shows the North America being quite small as compared to South America and as compared to Africa and Asia. Asia looks the biggest on this old map. talking about the Dogon religion uh, so like I don't know how to explain where I'm at in the book because it's like a cyclical thing of the book starts with the definitions it tells you definitions of words that'll be used and then it goes into the story a little bit it'll tell you about the first word and what they know about that then it'll tell you about the second word and then when they get into the second word, they're like, okay, now this is DNA stuff. Now this is what we know about the DNA stuff. And then they'll do that. And then this is what the Dogon looked like. And then they went into that. And this is what they probably talked like. They went into that. And they probably used sonar. Because they were like waterish beings. Fishy type things. And dolphins, they explained how dolphins use sonar. And Dolphins have like a wider range of communication available because of sonar. They're able to make somewhat of a, what I would describe as a hologram with their sounds in conversation to other dolphins. Because sounds can do that. They can rap and wave. You know, especially when you're doing sonar and shit. Like, real complicated sounds you can create little bubbles and the dolphins can recognize your bubble of speech and it's pretty cool um, there's a lot of stuff in there about star systems and DNA and like humans being created and destroyed and then created and There's, there's the idea that they broke time barrier and they fucked up our immortality because oh, it fits in with the cosmic egg by Pleiades by way of Pleiades um, in the cosmic egg theory Martin Kenny states that the Pleiades star or whatever Pleiadian system is like the center of the egg at the top and it's like the the seed so every race is inherently Palladian but then there, it splits the further you go down the more splits there are and there are like four root races at the moment and that makes sense with like the Pleiades and then like the four rings of humanity four human root races I guess and then like a bunch of different ethereal races 
and animals. Animals are a bunch of different races. So there's a bunch of different correspondences and as above, so blue, of course. And where that comes in, the book likes to mention the the Kelly fish. Or the I think it's the Kelly fish. The one that changes colors and can breathe on land and shit like that. Killifish. All together, there are a bunch of different species. This is not the fish that Shannon Dory mentions. Okay, let's see. It guess it doesn't matter. It's some fish that looks like a it looks like it says Kelly or killer fish or something like that. Some fish that changes its gender. And it's like self-sufficient, they're mostly female, and then they have males for genetic alterations. And having both genitalia and being able to reproduce by yourself is the definition of immortality, especially if you weigh in the idea of reincarnation especially if you weigh in the idea of professional reincarnation which would be harder to do with two people than it is with one person you know if you're a professional reincarnator and you use your own material to make yourself then you just make yourself you know it's on your own time your own energy you don't have to make someone else believe that it's you and them together it's like, no, this is us. We made that just now. No, it's just you. You can be like, oh, this is me. I just made myself again. Truly immortal. And you could tell yourself whatever you want to impart. Or you could leave it up to genetic memory to impart information. But the idea that the jackal was born completely separate but also for genetic modification he was born to modify the genes of these immortal beings but also he was born disconnected so what happens is he's not immortal he doesn't remember his past lives and he just fucks everything up because he's like it's unfair 
why do I have to live one life at a time when these motherfuckers are immortal? So it like thins their blood pool and then they eventually, now humans are like, we have the potential to become immortal, but like, <laughs> it's like buried deep in a bunch of genetics and junk DNA. Oh, uh, what I was gonna talk about was the time hop when the Palladian structure went down to earth and they fucked with the system. Uh, it was explained in the book uh, before like chapter five where like Shannon Dory mentions about like how like I'm wasting a bunch of time right now. No, the idea that if the, the Nomo never came to earth uh, we would have eventually evolved into immortality as a human. Uh, the, the hermaphroditic um, immortals. But since the Nomu came and did their weird genetic alterations, we've been sent into this time loop, if you will, or feedback loop is better, better word for it. So not like our ancestors are in the past when we were whole, but they're also in the future when we're whole. So there's like a feedback loop going on because we are also the ancestors who could be considered in the future or the past, depending on which direction you want to head in. It'll all come back to a circle or, or spiral and or Taurus field rollover halo wave, double helix, DNA, it's all the same shit. You understand it. This has been You Tweeted You Mean Dead, episode 100. I'm your host, Byron Bruce, also known as Black Rocker on Twitter, Lord Black Rocker on Instagram and Snapchat. I'm not just me.com. Uh, you can't end like that. <laughs>